0: because there's such a weight that they're placing on education and having that, that concrete degree to get them in the door when in reality that's not necessarily the most important thing that's going to help them make that next step so that first piece is really mindset of believing that they can no degree no problem any problem we can solve them growing in the the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going.
1: Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. Today, I have a very special guest. Tiffany Human, who is a career coach who is active on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. And you should really check her out because her content is informative and very funny. So hi, Tiffany.
0: Hi. Hi, Janai. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. I, it's always good to get a perspective from other career coaches because we interact with a lot of clients. So have you worked with people without degrees? And what are some common challenges that they face?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I have. I would say one of the biggest challenges that I've seen is the the mindset piece as a big blocker of wondering if they're capable of landing certain opportunities because there's such a weight that they're placing on education and having that, that concrete degree to get them in the door. When in reality, that's not necessarily the most important thing that's going to help them make that next step. So that first piece is really mindset of believing that they can and, and recognizing that that is more of a a self-limiting belief that they've created. That's honestly preventing the needed action of getting into the, the path that they want, the role that they want, or the organization that they might want to join.
1: Yeah, I've seen that too, where so many people, they think like, oh, these roles are reserved for people without degrees. Oh, nobody gets into mm-hmm. management without degrees. And it's like, If you think that you're already preventing yourself from even having a shot. And oftentimes it's because other people have prevented themselves and no one's ever asked. And, you know, this is very common for promotions in general, whether or not you have a degree, you have to advocate for yourself. It's not like you do hard work and they're going to recognize you and they're going to be like, yes, Tiffany, you've done all this hard work. There's only (laughs) one option for you. Oftentimes, they're just busy doing their own work, doing their own things. They're, they have their own lives to live. So hmm. you have to advocate for yourself. Can you talk about the advocating for yourself a little more? Oh
0: my gosh. Yes, you're speaking to my core right now because that is essential. And again, it's it's one of those things that we never learn in
1: school. Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years… Of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out, and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below.
0: There's such that like misconception. And of course, I mean, school can be extremely helpful in learning certain hard skills and, and maybe technical skills for certain roles, but there's a lot that it doesn't cover. And self-advocacy is definitely one of them. And knowing that it's not just counting on your work to do the heavy lifting, right? You have to be your own biggest cheerleader. You need to believe in what you're capable of and allow others to create that belief in you in return. And so whether to your point, Janine, if it's you know working towards a promotion if it's working towards a salary raise if it's getting yourself in the door in interviews in networking i mean self advocacy is everywhere so it's one of those really important life skills in fact that will make a huge difference building on the mindset piece that we talked about of just taking that step and putting yourself out there because otherwise you're you're holding your own self back from amazing opportunities that could be right around the corner
1: yeah one of my clients that i worked with i did his resume He crushed the interview and all that. And then they came for the background check. And they're like, hey, we're going to have to rescind the offer because you don't have a degree. He emailed back and he was like, wait. He's like, when I was in school, my degree was in chemistry. And even if I had graduated, that's really relevant to the role. I have this experience. What would I learn in school that would be necessary for the role? And HR actually rescinded their rescind or whatever the proper term is. (laughs) So, you know, you have to advocate for yourself. I see so many people. They're giving an answer. And then they don't advocate for themselves. But it's like when you advocate for yourself and you have facts to back it up, a lot of times people realize like, okay, you know, maybe you are actually right. And if they don't push, you don't know. Maybe they don't let it. But at least you advocated for yourself. And now you can take that to the next place. And you realize that that place wasn't for you.
0: Mm -hmm. You bring up such a good point too because in advocating in those moments… The example that you just shared, they're allowing themselves to obviously control that narrative better, right? Instead of letting things be assumed of them, they're getting ahead of it and controlling the narrative that they want, whether that recruiter or hiring manager to actually have as their perception. But on top of it, they're preventing themselves from making the no degree become an insecurity that keeps them from moving forward. And I love that, that that example of how they handled it, of helping them see a bit of a different story behind that degree. And that if they have the experience, if they've had a track record that shows that, hey, I can actually do the job. Like I might not have that particular degree, but I have a lot going for me within my track record, my background, um, the skills or strengths that I'm going to bring into this role that line up exactly well with the job description. Shouldn't that matter more? And so that's a big part of having the right type of narrative and storytelling and even how you're establishing your own personal brand as a professional to put your best foot forward in those instances.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is advocating for yourself and confidence. It actually pays, right? Because oh, it it's, it's not easy to ask for, you know, let's say you get a job offer and it's like 120K. I've seen people you know, bump it up to 130, 140K, maybe they got more equity. And oftentimes, they don't give you the the nicest package up front, right? You have to say like, hey, I'm worth more. I've done my research. I don't want to come in at the low end. And here's why I deserve the high end. Here's another thing. You do not deserve to be paid less because you don't have a degree. Sometimes you'll see people get pay bumps because they have a degree. And you have to push back and say, what would I have learned in school that's going to, help me with this job. I have the specific experience. I've done X, Y, Z. How could someone learn that in school? And it, again, it feels a little uncomfortable and you can feel uncomfortable. You can cry after you advocate for yourself. Just don't do it in front of them.
0: No, I love this. And, you know, if I could even take it a step further, when we look at professionals who are making pivots in their career, right, they might be already working in a certain function without a particular degree, or maybe they have a degree, but they want to make a total shift in a different function that they don't have a degree for. But they do it because, again, they hone in on their experience. They hone in on the things that would have helped them in positioning them best for that next role and the competencies that are required for that. So these types of things could come up at all different stages of our career growth, and that advocacy piece is key, uh, whether it is in the salary negotiation, like you mentioned, or making it very abundantly clear why you are the great fit for that role. And Even bringing elements of data, like you said, you know, whether it's salary benchmarks or even data points of your own track record, that can really help guide that conversation in a way that leads to the outcome that you ultimately want to have.
1: Yeah. Here's another thing that I see a lot of people struggle with. They don't realize that they actually can negotiate. They just, they feel weird. They feel uncomfortable. You're not really taught about it. Sometimes, like, I, I have immigrant parents. So for them, it's like, oh, you got a job. Take it. Be grateful. But the fact is, you can negotiate. How does one approach negotiations? And let's start with the mindset first. Because that mindset is important, right? You have to be confident.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's the, the confidence and the mindset going into negotiation is critical. Because it's very easy to get in your own head and overthink it. And that will backfire. So... Of course, yes, first point, you absolutely can negotiate and should negotiate. Um, there's typically always at least a little bit of room. Um, and based off your business case, that's how much you'll see how far you can take that negotiation. Uh, but always negotiate. Um, and and something that you said really resonates, which is, you know, just be grateful for what you have. Just be grateful for your job. Just be grateful that you're making a salary. And that's that's fine. And something I, I like to say is you can definitely and be very grateful in what you have, but you can also want more and advocate for more because if you don't ask, you're not going to get and that might be leaving thousands of dollars on the table. And then when you add that up over the lifetime of your career, imagine the potential of income that you didn't welcome into your life as a result. So all of this does absolutely start with the mindset piece and making sure that you are able to tell yourself, negotiating is not greedy. It's not about being selfish. It's not about being ungrateful. It's necessary. It's necessary. And when you think about it, when you're putting all of this effort into your work, that is the financial reward of your input and the outcomes that you're driving in your workplace. So it's a very logical conversation to have. And that really helps in that mindset piece to get over that discomfort and move to the the point of, if I don't ask, I don't get, I don't really have much to lose here. If anything, I'm going to stay where I'm at, but at least I'm going to know where they're coming from and what I can possibly do to increase my salary in the future as well. You know, if it's a no for now, it doesn't mean that it's a no for never. And creating that dialogue and having an ongoing conversation around that is is really essential.
1: Yeah. So let's kind of dive into your career. What are some of the mistakes you've made that you look back and it's like, <laughs> I wish I had done that?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, on that topic, negotiate. I can tell you when I first started in my career and, that, and that's why I'm saying, you know, even uh, with the degree, the, there's just so many things that you don't learn and salary negotiation is one of those things that we should definitely be taught how to do and why I coach on that. I uh, know why my clients really secure incredible raises and, and, and income up leveling in their life because- No one's really taught them how to do that. And at the earlier stages of my career, I can tell you, I definitely didn't negotiate. I was very much in that mindset of, I should just be happy. I got an amazing job. I really enjoy my work and that I should trust in the process that they are going to compensate me for my worth and that's just like a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake because you kind of end up in that cog. Um you're not advocating for yourself in any way that can help you get to the higher end of a salary bracket. And it likely hurt my salary potential and earnings in the earlier stages of my career because I I didn't even think to negotiate. And that's why I'm so passionate about that topic yeah. so other people don't fall into that mistake.
1: Yeah, I did I I, I think mine have been good just of uh, how I got the jobs, but you know, going forward, it's just, just knowing your worth. And I think one thing that I, I tell a lot of people is don't give them your number, right? Oftentimes when they ask you for, oh, Hey, what yeah. are you looking to make? What do you, what do you make now? Just really, it's, it's such a funny cheat code. Cause when I was interviewing, I just asked them what's the salary range. And it's like, they didn't even remember. They asked the question. They would just let me know. And yeah. I had a friend. Um, so he worked at Facebook and Twitter his total compensation was 200k and then he was becoming a product manager at another company like that very well known mm-hmm. and his number was 275 and he was like i'm not selling for anything less than 275 he thankfully didn't give a number his offer was closer to 400k so imagine he went in and was like i won't do anything less than 275 take it or leave it they they may right? have been like hey we really like you we'll give you 290 you know you're so amazing we think <laughs> and then he would have been happy <laughs> But you just never know. And and I've seen this happen so many times where people get surprised and you just, you could be surprised in your head, but you say, Mm. hey, you know what? That's in line with what I was working for. And then he even says like, he should have, he realized that he could have still negotiated for more, but he was so shocked at the offer. So it's really important to do these things.
0: A hundred percent never give the number. And and I, I say this also that when you're giving your current salary, which is something that you should never do, that's not the baseline for future opportunities, yeah. right? Like that next role has nothing to do with your previous role. It's a different organization, a different context. And to your point, you could really run the risk of lowballing yourself. So you're much better off gauging the range from the employer and then negotiating based off that then shooting yourself in the foot.
1: Yeah, I've seen so many people uh do that. Now, in your experience, like what's a story that stands out when it comes to negotiation, um where you saw someone and they like got so much more than they were expecting?
0: I can say, you know, it's actually one of my clients recently who we we really helped her overcome a quite of a toxic work experience that she had endured for like close to eight years really shattered her confidence and rightfully so i mean it was a very very difficult experience with her previous boss she was in the marketing field and her dream was always to become a chief marketing officer and her current workplace that she was still in not necessarily still working for that toxic boss but her confidence was just at such a low that she didn't have that mindset that was needed to really advocate and go for what she wanted and push herself to go for her dream role. And so in working together, we really worked through building back up that confidence and helping her understand that she's absolutely worthy and deserving going for that dream role and that no past experience or past boss should ever take that away from her. And a few short months later, not only did she land her dream role of chief marketing officer in a different organization, but she tripled her income through our interview strategies, negotiation strategies. Like she was like, I'm making close to hundred K more than I ever thought I would in my life. Like, this is insane. Uh, My paycheck has literally tripled. And for me, as you know, her coach, it's just always those heartwarming moments where I'm like, heck yes. Like, Heck yes, you did that because that's what's been sitting on the table all this time. And and you were getting in your own way, obviously, rightfully so, given some of the experiences that you've dealt with. But those types of transformations never get old, Janai, yeah. because it's like, uh, that's what it's that's what we're here to do, right? And and now this has totally changed her trajectory and she's going to be able to continue doing this at next phases of her growth as well.
1: Yeah. And you know, the thing is, that's in one move, right? I've done a couple of those that have been. Like double, triple or just really high in one move, the real moves that a lot of people don't realize is once you know the right things in a two to five year time span, you can seriously significantly increase like I've had people who were starting at 30k, they were doing the right things and within like three years, right with one with the second jump, now they're at 200k and then i I also seen you know 60 k to like 250. And it's like that first job gives them a big jump, but it's changes their foundation and dynamic for future jobs. And the beauty is they're still early in their career that it's not over yet.
0: Oh, so true. And I love that you're sharing that because when you are starting to negotiate effectively, it creates a really positive ripple effect, right? You know, that becomes your new baseline. And so you're constantly building from a higher baseline as you keep negotiating, which allows for that really robust level of income to come into your life really year over year. And whether that's in a current organization or moving somewhere else, you're, you're really set up for success that way. What are some
1: of the other common pitfalls you see that people make when trying to negotiate?
0: Uh, not having the proper data to back it up. Being too emotive in how they negotiate. So what I mean by this is maybe going into a conversation saying, you know, I really feel like I should be getting a raise. I've been working really hard. I'm doing all of these things, but it's not grounded in any fact. It's not grounded in results and it's not grounded in data. The issue with those types of negotiations is it's very easy for managers or HR or employers to push back on because it's a very soft argument. Anyone could say that argument. So that's why I'm a big advocate of bringing concrete data and ones that are very specific to that particular employee or individual, because that's going to be very hard to deny. And if they are denying it, well, then you need to ask them, you know, why? Why are they not hitting that level that they should be given your research and backup and data that you're bringing forward? So it makes the conversation overall a lot more effective.
1: And it doubles up because I know everyone hates doing it. You can take those lines, put it on your resume. So if they don't give you what you want, Other companies can see that. And I think it's a very important exercise to do because I'll work with a lot of people and I'll ask them, be like, hey, we got great results. And I ask them, how do you know you got great results? Like what changed? What happened? Sometimes I even ask them, if you didn't get great results, what would have happened? And that's Mm -hmm. the result. So it's like people really need to, you know, spend time thinking about these things because then they look at it and they're like, yeah, I did do that. I did save 30 hours weekly. I did save the organization this much. Now, yeah, you have some like free classes. Do you mind going into that?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have some great free resources. I also just hosted an incredible uh, free career growth accelerator masterclass series. So, anyone's interested in that, they can definitely reach out to me. Um, we just completed it, but we have the replays accessible. It was fire. We really dove into some really critical topics. And very relevant with what we're sharing today about so many of those things that school never teaches you. And we have people joining who had degrees, who didn't have degrees. And it was so relevant in terms of the breakthroughs that were coming through, because this is the stuff, like these are the best practices and frameworks that are going to change the game in someone's career trajectory. I really love helping others, you know, two to three X the rate of promotion, secure those five to six figure salary raises and land dream jobs without the rejections because they are creating the right fundamentals that school didn't necessarily teach them, whether it's around mindset, confidence, personal branding, leadership, relationship, and stakeholder management, conflict management, salary negotiation, work-life balance too, right? No one teaches you how to manage your time, how to be the guardian of your own time in a given day so that you can actually bring most value and impact in your work and towards your goals. No one teaches you that. So these are a lot of my own strategies and best practices that I've developed over the years that helped me in my own career to accelerate very quickly. And I love teaching that because, hey, someone's got to, right? You know, it's not the type of thing that you can just Google and and it's more of like a one-size-fits-all model. My strategies go a lot deeper than that to fill in a lot of the actionability and and relatability as well.
1: Yeah, these are things that you won't learn in school and you have to kind of have conversations, you have to kind of experiment, you have to kind of test. But these are the things that will take your career to a completely different level. Absolutely. I've seen it happen time and time again that people like, because school is a very structured environment. Like you go go to class, you do the assignments, you get a grade, right? The thing is with the real world, it's like, how do you negotiate with a boss that doesn't like you? How do you negotiate mm-hmm. with someone who does like you? How do you leave an organization? How do you do all these things? And there's so much nuance and it's really important to know how to handle that nuance because it's not a one size fits all, right? It's, no. it's knowing how to have these talks with people. It's knowing how to work with that toxic coworker and set yeah. those boundaries because I've seen the smartest people not know how to set boundaries and they're taken advantage by people aren't necessarily as hardworking or as smart as them, but because yeah. they know things that the other person don't and they're taking advantage of their kindness or their personality or their lack of knowledge, it really mm-hmm. hurts their career longevity. Now, what are some like things that you've seen change over time? Because now the thing is there's remote work, the job force is, you know, changing. What are some changes that you've seen?
0: Definitely more active conversation around employee well-being. Uh, I think especially in the last few years, which was prompted quite a bit by the pandemic, this lesser tolerance for overwork and burnout, you know, those hustle, work hard cultures are not going to be thriving anymore uh, because employees have kind of gotten smarter, right? I think the remote work setting has also created more flexibility and showed different ways of being efficient in roles without necessarily being in an office setting nine to five, five days a week. So, if anything, it's given a lot more possibility of what an effective work week looks like. And I think the employers that are tuning into that and adapting their internal strategies and best practices for their employees to keep them very motivated and engaged and and retained is definitely a big shift. I think some other key shifts is also, obviously, with just career evolution and some of the things that are going on in the market right now is this need to really advocate more, right? We're seeing a lot of those shifts where it's not just taking things at face value and expecting that to follow through in the way that you want, right? We need to be able to take charge of our careers. So it's almost like this career awakening in a way of like, This is your career. I always say this, Janai, but like, you need to take control of your career. Like, no one else is going to do that for you. Um, And we're seeing a lot of those instances, whether it's people choosing to leave jobs that aren't serving them anymore or to stand up for themselves in their current workplace or at least seek out those resources that are going to help them better manage and and navigate those internal situations, which is things I really focus on a lot on my end, since we don't learn those types of things in school, right? A lot around communication, but I would say a lot of shifts around work-life balance, what that typical work week could or should look like and how companies are adapting that to attract the right talent, right? Right. If you're not going to be competitive like this, I mean, that talent's going to go somewhere else. And that could really be detrimental to a a particular workforce.
1: Yeah. So this is going to be a different type of question. Who gives terrible career advice? Because I have so many people come to me and (laughs) I'm like, who told you that? That's totally not right. So what are the comments of some people that your clients have gotten career advice from? And it's just like, it's so bad.
0: Oh my gosh. I hate to call it out, but like often family and friends, like, you know, when they're talking with their friends, of course they mean well, you know, our friends love us, our family loves us, but they aren't in the exact same situation. And there's just an inherent bias in the feedback. And probably the worst part is that the limiting beliefs or mindset that can be working from a place of scarcity of those friends or family members is directly being projected onto let's say my client. And so they're being told something thinking, oh yeah, it's true. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Or maybe I, I'm not going to be able to make that pivot or, you know, maybe I do need to go back to school for another degree. And I'm like, no, like, where are you getting this from? Hang on a second. Let's, tap in first to what you actually want like you are the most important part of your career and being influenced by other people's advice especially if it's not really grounded in anything and it's more just based off of opinion or upbringing or what they've experienced for in- instance if it's our parents that are you know coming from a very different generation and they think that careers should look a certain way when in reality in this generation things are very different so that's why i think you know working with career experts or coaches is just really beneficial, of course, depending on who it is and their level, area of expertise, because they will bring that level of objectivity with typically methods and strategies that have been proven to work. At least that's that's my approach anyways. Yeah,
1: I've seen so many people, like the friends and family, they're like, oh, my mom told me this and all that. And you bring up such a great point where a lot of limiting beliefs are projected onto them, especially for people who are transitioning careers right? I had my last podcast guest, he was saying that he was going to be the first one coding and he worked like in a gas station frying chicken. And they're like, no, what are you doing? That doesn't work. You can't do it. And then he kept doing it. And he kept doing those things. I mean, it required a lot of work. But oftentimes, I've seen it happen. Like sometimes your friends, again, they mean well, but it also scares them that, hey, you're doing something different or they don't see themselves doing it and they're kind of giving you that advice. So just be mindful of who you take advice from and, you know, try to take different pieces of advice from different people and then apply it and see what works. right? Yeah. I-, I always tell people, they'll be like, oh, how do I know? And I'm like, look, you know what? You want to do your it. resume, your friends way, my way, see which one gets you more interviews, right? That's really yeah. at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Sometimes they need to go through that trial and error, which is But I always want to help people avoid because it can be very frustrating to spend precious time that they can't get back on something that we both know won't work. But they need to kind of just figure it out for themselves. Uh, You know, some people will definitely choose to take that route. But yeah, be very conscious of who you're taking that advice from. And if someone tells you that you can't, that is more often their insecurities coming onto you than any type of reflection on your own capabilities.
1: Yeah, no, it's important to know. Just realize that there are a lot of things you can do. I mean, they all take time. They all take work. But with careers, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of rules that are meant to be broken, right? And these are standard rules that people say you have to do X number of years. You need to have eight years of experience to become a -hmm. manager or this title. And I've seen all those rules broken.
0: Oh my gosh, me too. I love that you shared that also. I was just talking about this with my clients the other day. You know, when it comes to like internal promotion timelines, as an example, you know, how many times have we heard, you know, you have to stay in your role for, you know, two years or three years before moving on to that next step. Yeah. Okay, fine. That is of course like the average internal timeline, but that's also for the average employee. You know, you want to be that top 1%. That's what I love helping professionals become so that they are accelerating that timeline and doing what's needed to not take that at face value, to not just take that as, okay, well, I guess I'm going to stay here for two years and just do what I have to do. It's like, no. What can you do to actually get ahead of that timeline? What can you do to help position you for that success that you want to see? So yeah, I'm, I'm really with you on that. Yeah, Don't take those things for granted. And you know, the
1: funny thing is sometimes I say, if those are the internal guidelines, you can go to the competitor for like a year or two. So they'll, they'll have rules like, oh, to become director, you have to be associate director. And I was like, you can go from senior manager to their competitor to be a director. And then you could go to VP, come back. I've seen it happen time and time again. Oh, where people yeah. leave for like one to three years and they come back with like four titles higher. So just realize mm-hmm. that there's there are always ways. And if your current place is yeah. not going to give you those opportunities, trust me, there's someone who will.
0: Yeah. And even to your point that you mentioned earlier around who you shouldn't speak to <laughs> in terms of advice, something that can help you to get more accurate context of your next steps is speaking to people who are in the roles that you want to be in or that are maybe one or two steps ahead of your current goal and get a gauge of what's helped them to get there, right? Like learn from real people and real examples to also help validate the things that you should be doing that will help that is a bit more grounded in in track record.
1: And another thing I tell a lot of people is when you're having these conversations with these people, tell them, be like, hey, if there are any opportunities that come your way that you're not interested in do you mind forwarding them to me? Because mm-hmm. people in those positions tend to get hit up all the time. And sometimes it may not meet their salary requirements. It may not meet their future goals, but it may meet your future goals. So now you're taking oh. their search results and their opportunities that they don't want and passing it along to you. So just realize yeah. that there's so many ways that you can really get opportunity.
0: A hundred percent. So good.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you you learn little things over time. The
0: tips and tricks. Yeah,
1: the little things. <laughs> over time now let's slowly start to wrap up if there's one thing that you would tell your younger self what would you tell her
0: oh my gosh
1: maybe two things Look, I would, it, it gets yeah odd.
0: no there's one that's top of mind and it, it still applies you know i think it'll apply at any stage of someone's career but something i i wish i would have known or believed more at the beginning was like don't compare yourself to other people And if you are, use it as inspiration, not as something that's going to detract you from creating your own lane of success. Um, I know I used to get up in my head a lot, you know, in a very uh, competitive work environment with a lot of impressive people. um, And it definitely distracted me from things that I should have been doing at those early stages to fast track my success. So for anyone that's listening, you know, create your own lane, right? This is your career Do what you need to do. Put the action steps in place to make that move happen. Speak to people. Get inspired by people. Work with experts if needed to help you make it happen faster without the guesswork. But trust in yourself, right? Stay focused on your path because when you're focusing your precious time and energy there, it's going to help you reach those goals a heck of a lot sooner. Um, And with less frustration and resentment of wishing, I would have liked to be at this moment at this point in my career and I'm still not. So that's definitely one one big thing I wish I would have known at the outset of my career. And I'd say maybe just one bonus thing. And again, as you're seeing, it has nothing to do with necessarily what we learned in school is the power of relationships. Uh, You know, I came into the workforce thinking that work was going to be my number one factor in progressing and performance was like just a fraction of it. You know, you realize that relationships, building and forging connections, letting people get to know you, not through someone else, through someone else, through someone else holds such a big weight far beyond just performance. So for anyone who you know doesn't have a degree, let that, let that really sit in because you are in the driver's seat of creating those relationships. No one's going to do it for you. So you have all the power in your hands to make it happen.
1: Yeah. Favorite quote of mine is comparison is the thief of joy. Of joy.
0: Yeah, it is. It,
1: it, it's robbed so many people and it's important to just kind of focus on being a better version of yourself. Now, how would people support you and support your journey or how would people reach out?
0: Thank you so much. Well, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Tiffany Human, U-M-A-N. Uh, U-M-A-N. Uh, you could also find me on Instagram and TikTok at tiffany.uman. Um, Definitely follow me over there. If you love video content, I'm all about it. So can't wait to support you there as well. Um, and also wherever you find me, I have a bunch of free resources as well that you can dive into in my LinkedIn bios, on my LinkedIn page. Um, and of course, if you're interested in possibly uh, taking a next step together, uh, feel free to send me a message. You can email me, Tiffany human at tiffanyhuman.com
1: Thank you so much, Tiffany. This was such a cool episode. I'm excited for your journey and follow, oh. follow Tiffany on Instagram and TikTok. Her, her content is so good.
0: Oh, thank you so much. It's been an amazing time being here. And uh, I, I've loved our conversation too. Thank you for having me.
1: Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show's worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated, and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at Podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree I-N-C. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.